Thank you for joining us for this month's episode of Fraud Talk. We are actually excited to do a hybrid delivery today. We recorded a Facebook Live video where I interviewed our president and CEO, Bruce Doris, about tax fraud and what we can do during this tax season to prepare for any fraud schemes that might arise. And here is that interview. Hello, we are coming to you live from ACFE headquarters in Austin, Texas. I am Mandy Moody, and I'm the content manager here at the ACFE, and I'm excited to be joined by Bruce Doris, our incoming president and CEO here. And today we're going to talk taxes. Tax season is upon us, and if you haven't filed yet, you are in trouble. Just kidding. Um, We're going to talk about some tax-related, fraud-related best practices, and also just some general tax knowledge that you should know this season. So Bruce, let's get started. Sure. How can we as individuals as well as organizations protect against tax return fraud? Now I'll tell you a little story. So last year around this time, my cousin went to file her tax return and it was already done. (laughs) (laughs) It was already filed uh, by somebody else and she immediately panicked and didn't know what to do. We actually have it on our blog, the steps you can take if that does happen. But, you know, we found out last year that that was happening. I think we all knew somebody who knew somebody who knew Mm -hmm. somebody who got contacted by the IRS by phone to give away your personal information. Talking to you, Grandma. So what can we do to protect against this? Well, the thing that not just taxpayers in the U.S., because we're in the middle of of tax season here, but those who are watching this, who are coming to uh, our website or to our, our Facebook side, just from an identity theft, just from a simple protection, is to make sure that any email that you get that's purporting to be from the government any phone call that you get is to be skeptical, uh, to make sure that the identifying information that they're asking for is not something that they're typically entitled to. I know in the United States, uh, the Internal Revenue Service, as we're talking about tax-related fraud here, they're going to send you formal notice through the mail. These very sensitive information that they're not going to be calling you up on a telephone or sending you an email that says, you know, we're from the IRS, but we want you to mail it to our IRS at gmail.com. And just taking those types of simple steps, uh, an and email that's a phishing scam that Mandy uh, was just talking about, you're just hovering over that to see where it's actually going, especially if it's going to some site that you don't recognize as a, a, a .gov, uh, at least for IRS purposes. Um, but just being skeptical. Uh, if your gut tells you that, you know, this doesn't sound right, then don't do it. Go in and ask someone, you know, call uh, a friend, call a family member. Uh, but just trust your instincts, trust your gut. It's okay to say no. You know, a lot of times we get phone calls, we get emails, and even with phone calls we're put on the spot. And we don't want to be rude. But it's totally okay to say, no, I'm going to look into this. Or hang up. Um, you know, one of the things we found in this research is the IRS will not call you for that information. They will not right. call you about that. Be skeptical. Don't worry about being nice or being cordial. You can still say no and you can still hang up the phone. That's okay to do. And that's just from a personal perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, businesses should be training their employees on what to look for 
and to make sure that they're looking for these emails, looking for those phone calls, so that they're not giving out that information. Social engineering uh, is a big part of identity theft, and especially at the corporate level, calling in and pretending to be someone that they're obviously not. So they want to make sure that from a corporate, from a business perspective, uh, especially small businesses that may not have the the anti-fraud training that a larger corporation would have is to make sure that they're using the same type of skepticism uh, that we're just talking about. And something too, if you hire a new employee in between last tax season and this tax season, train those new employees. This isn't a once a year, get it over with and let everybody know. But if new employees are coming on and in between that time, they haven't gotten that training, right. then then they're missing out. So that initial training is super important too, no matter who you are in an organization. Yeah, the fraudster schemes, they change. I mean, just as uh, you know, we have new updates and smartphones every year, they're also looking and trying to exploit uh, any type of avenue that they can and you know, email, phone calls, whatever type of scam they can use to get that information they're going to use that. So make sure that you're vigilant and up to date with their anti-fraud trading uh, from the business perspective. Another thing that has come up, I think we all have one person we know, family member, maybe not, who just doesn't file taxes. Um, you know who you are. But aside from that, what are some other mistakes that you've seen? What do you think is the biggest mistake you see people make with uh, f- filing their taxes? Well, you just said what, If you're earning income in the United States, then uh, as a taxpayer, you're uh, required to to file those returns. But the one thing that I see from the tax-related fraud, the identity theft that we're talking about, uh, and just an overall financial planning is having too big of a refund. If you're planning appropriately and you've gone in and made the, the right withholdings the year before, then you're... $2,500, $2,500, I think, is the, the current average of a refund. You know, it should be down to just a few hundred dollars. And one, that's just a really good you know, planning. You don't want to pay any more than you, you have to. And by thinking of that in advance and knowing what you should pay for that year, it makes it, you're not waiting on some refund. Um, and hopefully you've used another savings mechanism rather than the government uh, to give it back to you the next year. But if you don't have that big of a refund and you do become a victim of tax-related fraud through identity theft, then you're not waiting for the IRS to go through all the steps that they need from an investigation standpoint in waiting for that return. Because if you're dependent on a $2,500 return in May of this year and you're a victim of identity theft related to your return, it could be months before you're able to get that back. If you've done the right planning the year before, and and think of that going into 2019, then that makes it a lot easier to deal with that, at least from the financial perspective. You just gave that hypothetical scenario. What do you do? And I know as fraud examiners, you probably get asked for every fraud-related question under the sun. (laughs) You might need some of those answers, but what do you do if you think someone has filed a fraudulent return in your name? Well, first of all, go to the irs.gov, and they've got an 800 number set up for those who have who believe they've been the victim or they are a victim of identity theft related to the tax returns. They have a um, a 
ID theft affidavit uh, for you to fill out in order to start that investigation. But from an um, ongoing uh, preventative uh, or investigation on your side, but also preventative as well, is to make sure you check your credit reports. Because if that stolen information is used to file a uh, fraudulent return, then more than likely it's used for other types of credit uh, and other types of identity theft uh, or areas within identity theft. So going in and checking with the three major credit bureaus and to look to see, are there any, is there anything else that's in my name that's out there or any variation of that? And there, you can get one free per year from each of the three, so schedule it out about every four months. That way you're able to stay on top of it and prevent a lot of these things from happening, or at least you're able to get on top of it a lot earlier uh, if you're very proactive. And putting fraud alerts on those uh, reports, see, yeah. that's something big too. I know this past year I've been, you know, my cards have been hacked a number of times. Mm-hmm probably thanks to my online shopping, and putting those fraud alerts on your credit reports so that you can be notified if somebody is trying to access your report without, or who isn't you, (laughs) without your permission. And the IRS also has the ability for you to go in and look, you set up your own account, you can see what the returns are filed, so you can see hey, I'm about to um, um, e-file my return. Hey, wait, somebody filed mine on February the 22nd. What happened? And you're able to get on top of it a lot quicker that way. So there's a lot of proactive uh, ways. I mean, with um, the way that the world is going, we're able to really look at this stuff in real time. I mean, with the the Postal Service now, uh, you have the ability to enroll, to look at the mail that's been scanned in that's going to your mailbox on that particular day. We've got these mechanisms in place. What we have to do now as taxpayers, as just individuals, is to take advantage of those and to, to be proactive. Yeah, use the resources that, that were being provided. So I just read a story about this, and I know that some of us see around tax season, we see people uh, CPAs or financial advisors pop up around the season to offer their services. What are some signs that your own tax preparer might not be legit? We've, we all hear fraud stories about doctors with fake credentials or, you know, any other professional with doctored credentials. How do you know if your own preparer might be running a scam on you? Well, that goes back to the skepticism you have. If you've got someone that's in a dark shop that has no sign up there that just you know, come see me to file your taxes, I mean, there are ways to check these people out. They should be able to get that tax preparer identification number and to be able to run that through uh, the IRS's uh, website to check to see if they're legitimate. Uh, if they have these really crazy ideas about what should be a deduction in order to get more money and a refund from you, you need to walk away from that. I mean, if they're giving you ideas for deductions that, you know, of uh, children that you have in order to uh, have you know, a, a higher return and you have no children, that's a big red flag that you're not dealing with the most uh, ethical uh, tax uh, preparer. But those who are legitimate, uh, whether they uh, are, are CPA, an enrolled agent, or the like, 
they're going to have the credentials, they're going to have the uh, tax preparer identification number to put on that return. If they're preparing this for you and they're wanting a percentage of whatever that refund is, you need to walk away at that point. If they don't want to sign the return, but they want to make it for you, but then also collect a fee, they're not going to be there by the time that the government comes back and starts asking you about that. They're long gone. Walk away from that. One other thing we noticed, and we read an article, CNBC, you got to give a shout out. So that we say where we got some of this research from, the Identity Theft Resource Center, CNBC. They also said, you know, tax preparers who claim to be endorsed by the IRS. No one is endorsed by the IRS. Uh, So that's another bright red flag to, to walk away from as well. Even having that skepticism and asking questions, you know, that goes back to, it's okay, it's not rude to ask to see your identification numbers to, you know, inquire about where you might be registered or signed up as an agent. That's totally okay. I think those are things to keep in mind, taking a little bit of extra time. And that's something we tend to rush through. Oh, I got to file my taxes. I got to get it done. I got to get it done. I got to get it done. People don't want to file taxes. People, I mean, (laughs) I I got that. People don't want to fill out the tax return. I understand that. But It's a huge part of life in the United States, and each uh, taxpayer has to take that seriously or going to have issues like this if they're not paying attention to it, uh, if there's some ill planning in terms of how much that refund should be or how much that a a rogue tax preparer is saying that they will get. These are things we have to take seriously, and the more you can do to be proactive, as you say, Mandy, to actually look at the return Mm -hmm. uh, and ask a few questions and say, are are you sure about this? Mm -hmm. And if they, oh, yeah, 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 no, everything's fine, then ask some more questions or, like I say, walk away from it. Uh, If they, they aren't asking, or rather, they aren't answering the questions, then that's a good sign that you might not be dealing with the most ethical, the most upright tax preparer, and uh, you need to go find someone else. Or better yet, you know, just step back, take some time, talk to someone that's in the fraud business, uh, as Mandy said. Just get some advice and then learn uh, where to go from there. Get out your pens and papers or your uh, phone, because you might want to write it down on your phone. I get it. Um, Write down these resources. Identity Theft Resource Center, the Center for Identity, Mm -hmm. UT, right here in Austin. Phishing scams, phishing at irs.gov. Send it to them if you get it. Uh, They want to know. That's how they work to prevent it from happening in the future. Uh, Your local neighborhood CFE, uh, they're everywhere. So for people listening out there who are wanting to know from the consumer side, you can always contact a, a fraud examiner. And then for those of us in the industry, there are resources out there for you um, at the IRS and those other two places. So uh, I hope that you got something from this. And ACFE.com as well for a lot of information related to our tax-related fraud and other fraud scams. There's more than just tax, unfortunately. <laughs> so. That's what keeps us busy all year long. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you, Bruce. And well, thanks, we can't wait to talk to you again soon.
Thank you to Bruce and thank you to all of you who listened today. As usual, you can go to acfe.com slash podcast to find all of our other podcasts. And please find us on wherever you download your podcast, Google Play, iTunes. And I'm excited to tell you that we are now on Spotify. Thanks again for joining us. And I will talk to you next month. This is Mandy Moody signing off.